Zero Hour Talks is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. So like when we're talking about dismantling the patriarchy, we're not just talking about female empowerment. We're talking about men being there to help dismantle it. Like it's definitely not a one woman's job. We've carried way too much things on our back up until this point. Welcome to another edition of Zero Hour Talks. I'm Arielle Martinez-Cohen. I'm the music director of Zero Hour. I'm 18 years old and I'm from Los Angeles. Um, and I currently go to school at Brown University in Rhode Island. But of course now, due to the coronavirus, we're all at home. Hi everyone, I'm Sohaila Eldeeb. I'm 19 years old, originally from Egypt, but currently in Florida. I'm a first year freshman at Stanford University, but like Arielle, I'm stuck at home. I am also stuck at home. That's my name, just kidding. Um, my name is Kristen <laughs> Hamilton. I am 18 years old. I am from Northern Virginia. I am the volunteer management director of Zero Hour and I currently go to school in Richmond. But like I said, my name is stuck at home sitting in my mom's <laughs> weird like, <laughs> like office thing. Um, and yeah, we are some of the directors from Zero Hour. Um, if you don't know what Zero Hour is, we'll just give you a little spiel. Um, Zero Hour is a women of color-led organization that is also youth-led. We fight for climate justice with like education, and we do a lot of campaigns and strikes and summits. And we've been around for about three years, since 2017, and really excited to talk to you guys about um, the patriarchy and like what it is. Not <laughs> patriarchy. So today we're talking about the patriarchy, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what patriarchy meant for a good bit, and that's coming from an organizer that organized for climate activism since like middle school. And so I think that's why all of us, you know, females are here talking about the patriarchy to you guys, because you may not even know what it means. And we're going to talk a little bit about our experience as female organizers within a movement that's primarily, you know, <laughs> led by white men at sometimes and <laughs> at most times. And we want to just, you know, highlight our experiences and maybe you'll relate to it and maybe you'll recognize it because like when Ariel, Kristen and I were just talking about it, we're like, we were trying really hard to talk, to find moments in our lives that we experienced, you know, patriarchy. And it's not that it was hard. It's just that we forget about it because at times we like don't even notice it because it's just something that we're either born into or something that our society um, normalizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I guess, yeah, as you were saying, Sohaila, like before before this, we were kind of talking about, okay, what do we actually want to say on this podcast? Because it's such an important topic and like, we want to do it justice. And yeah, we were, we were trying to think about like, like when did sexism actually have an impact on our life? Because it's not that it doesn't, but it's just so hard to remember those things because sometimes like, it seems like normal society, quote unquote, you know? Um, And so, but like, we were thinking back to one of the first actions that we ever did as an organization. um, And that was the lobby day that we did in Washington, DC in the summer of 2018, um, right before our international youth climate march. Um, And we we were lobbying, of course, with a lot of different staffers and senators um, and Congress people in general. one of the sessions that I was in, I remember 
there was like a group of us, like a pretty sizable group of about like 10 people. And, you know, the guys in the group just tended to feel more comfortable speaking out, sharing their stories and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like it was harder as a woman to feel like I could talk about my experiences because maybe like I would have felt backlash or like people would have judged me more. I don't know. Um, And like even from friends and stuff who have done lobbying, um, they've told me that like sometimes they'll be sharing a a really emotional story. And, or I mean, there's this one instance, I was talking to this girl who goes to Brown University with me. She was saying she was lobbying on Congress and uh, she was sharing an emotional story. And one of the staffers was like, okay, let's keep it you know, let's keep it contained, you know, we can't, let's not get emotional about this. We're just talking about climate action, which I was, I thought very, was very interesting. And I was thinking about it and like that in itself is sexist because, you know, women are seen as emotional versus like men who are seen as rational, but an emotion isn't valued, but we need that emotion. We need to like share our stories and our personal like anecdotes um, in order to make people realize how the climate crisis is actually affecting us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. I was like, I'm trying to think like how, I mean, like personally, when I always have to tell people, oh, we're a woman of color, let, they're like, okay, we get it. I'm like, okay, we say that because it's hard to be a woman of color led organization. And like, I mean, I don't like, I want, I want to hear like what you guys have experienced as like directors for each, like everything that you guys do. Even though we're talking about, you know, like the patriarchy within like, this our personal experiences I thought it would be kind of important just to like define it flat out like to give the textbook definition of patriarchy I got this off of a really cool website so get ready (laughs) Um, so the patriarchy is a political social system that insists that male males are inherently dominating superior to everything and everyone deemed weak especially females and endowed with the right to dominate and rule over the weak and to maintain that dominance through various forms of psychological terrorism and violence. Wow. So if that's not the white man, I don't know what is. But yeah, it's definitely been a a really great experience within Zero Hour, like having it be women of color led. And it's really, really awesome. Um, (laughs) It's really, really awesome to see like all of these women that I've been working with so closely together, like interact all the time and like are dynamic and like, it's really, really awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm really proud to be a part of this organization. Mm-hmm. Kristen, like, what do you like? Cause you're a volunteer intake director. Like, have you experienced problems or issues? Yeah. I mean, in every single one of our like teams, because like your global outreach and REL's music, every single one of our teams we've had to deal with those men trying to like say what we should do with our jobs and like how we should do our jobs. And as volunteer intake, I get, um, or my team at least gets emails all the time from like people ranging from like nine years old to like 72 years old. And like sometimes some 94 year year old people I get on there. And I really don't know how they're doing right now. Like (laughs) hope they're okay. But like, I really, you know, we get so many emails from so many people and a couple, when I first started as a the volunteer management director in 2018, I was really scared. I didn't know what I was doing low key, um, not to expose myself. And I was like always like looking out to people to like, you know, give me insight and give me like advice and give me things that I should just like do to like, I guess, make me a better leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always ask my 
the few volunteers that we had on our volunteer list, like, what can I do? Like what, not in a way of like, tell me what to do, but sort of like what advice and what are you looking for as an organization? Because like at the end of the day, like zero hour is here as like a base builder, we're here to like build a movement. So like, Mm -hmm. that means that we need to collaborate with, you know, our volunteers and collaborate with our volunteer base. Of course, there were those, you know, 25 year old men who just graduated from like Kent State or something. And they were like, actually, (laughs) like I've been, you know, I've been like doing this for so many years. Let me like figure out how to, let me tell you how to do this. And like, Mm -hmm. we got on a call and like, he talked for like (laughs) an hour or an hour and a half, like literally just him talking about the same thing over and over. And it was also like the most basic thing. Um, Make sure that you like send emails regularly to your volunteer base, you know, keep them updated. And I was like, yeah, like, I know that. Tell me how to, you know, like lead, like tell me how, what you want is like a volunteer base. And he would just go over and over and over the same exact things. And I think that that was that point when I, as a director where I was like, oh, like, bro, I know how to do this. You know, like if this guy who has said he's been doing it for seven years knows how to do it, like, I could do this. And like, Mm -hmm. I've been the director for like two years and it's been really, really awesome. It's been a great experience. So there's always those people and we always like interact with those people. And my deputy director, Michaela, is always like, oh, this guy emailed me today and was like, we should probably like blah, 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 do this in our emails. And I was like, okay, like whatever, like we don't have to do that. Mm. (laughs) Doing great with whatever. Yeah, I think that's why like now, especially like if anyone reaches out to me personally, like because we've been in this for quite a bit. And like if especially if like female organizers reach out to me and they're like, oh, I want some help on like global outreach. Like I actually do like either drop everything or schedule a time because like since we we ourselves have become like mentors. So like I think that's the best way to like, you know, like do Mm -hmm. our part in dismantling the patriarchy. It's like offering how to lead and how to be like female prominent leaders to like other females but yeah yeah and I think like that brings up a really good point and like what the experience has been like working in a majority women of color led organization um I think it's super cool because of course we're we're not only fighting for a world that's free of climate change but we also want to see all of these systems of oppression like racism and patriarchy abolished and stuff And so in our organizing, we are in a sense like a microcosm of society and we are being the world that we want to see, you know, by being Mm. like mentors and stuff like that, Um, which I think is super cool. Like on our music team, we it's literally all like we have 10 badass women just working on using music to try and inspire people. And it's not because like we're excluding anybody, but those are the people who are stepping up. Those are the people who wanted to join the the team and it's been a really great dynamic and it feels really good because it feels like what we want the world to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, so like for music, I mean, personally, cause I'm not like a big music person, but like, <laughs> you know, like when you, cause you've done a lot of music videos and things like that, like have there been like, you know, roles? Cause like you see it a lot, like, let's say like female rappers, like, you know, they have to like, sometimes like they're expected to like, you know, show more or like, you know, like just be out of the ordinary to be successful. So like, have you seen that happen a lot? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a difference in like, like the celebrity world, I guess. Like Mm -hmm. you'll see like all of the, all of the pop stars right now, there are like, there's, there's a pretty equal balance of like female and male artists, but like, there's like some of the artists who are men, they have careers for much longer 
because their age or like appearance doesn't really matter. Whereas like women start getting older, they're not seen as like marketable, you know what I mean? Or like appealing, which kind of sucks. So like, that's something that I've definitely seen. Um, mm -hmm. There's also not enough representation of women in other aspects of the music industry. Cause I, I've been, I'm working in the studio for a while. And usually when I record, I'm always like in the chair behind the guy that's at the production table, like doing mm -hmm. the music, doing everything. And, you know, I can give input, but it's ultimately his decision for what happens. And so that's been really interesting. And it's not like they're necessarily trying to be sexist, but like, it's just the representation isn't there yet. And so with the music team now, it's cool because we've written a few songs that are going to be used for the movement specifically on Earth Day coming up, uh, April 22nd. If you want to join the live stream, quick plug, <laughs> go to strikewithus.org. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've been working on some songs for that. And um we've basically written them all ourselves. We've produced them all ourselves. I got on a call with another producer from Brown, um, his name's Nicholas Diaz, and he's been amazing. And like, he gave input and stuff and, and like helped with the production process. But um, we've, we've had like control over like what we want it to be like. And that's been really liberating, I think. Mm, yeah. Also like something interesting I found, I don't know, I feel like, cause I do global outreach. So like, I talk to organizers from all around the world and that's sometimes very interesting because like you'll get perspectives from countries that are more strict like their patriarchy is more prominent and more like dominant so it's interesting because like sometimes i try to talk because obviously we have to train our organizers about our platform before we like set them out and when it gets to patriarchy sometimes it's a sensitive topic for men and i'm like okay chill like you're not losing any more of your masculinity by like admitting that it is something that's true and like no like if you think about it like females like really have prominent roles now i'm like okay but it's not like as prominent as men they're like mm -mm. and i'm like like what are you gonna lose you're not gonna lose a part of your masculinity if you admit to it it's not like we're taking something away from you. And I feel like that's a huge issue. Yeah. Remember, we, we did have issues like that within Zero Hour. We're like, specific, you know, <laughs> and men organizers were like, okay, stop with this feminist and like patriarchy talk. Like, we get it. I'm like, okay, and obviously you don't if we're saying that, so. Exactly, like it's not over. That's really funny because whenever I'm talking about like the getting to the roots of climate change presentation, we're like capitalism, colonialism, the patriarchy, racism. People are like, hold up, hold up. <laughs> the patriarchy? <laughs> what? And I'm like, yeah, the patriarchy. I, I hate to say it, but like you guys, <laughs> it's usually obviously men. Like you guys are the issue. Like, and they, people like hate to admit that in mm. the long run. And it's like, it's really important for like men especially to like acknowledge like the privilege that they have especially in like spaces and like how like every single place that they are in like in every industry in every single system like they have the upper hand like no matter what they have the upper hand and like they need to acknowledge and use their privilege to like help other women and help other people and um you know just like talk more about like how they can use what they have as men and like, especially like men that have no color, white men, you know, like <laughs> make sure they, they use their privilege in the right way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and like on that point, it's like when they argue with you about it, it just gets frustrated. I'm like, do I, do I make points or not? Cause it's like, okay, so let's talk about sports. For example, a lot of like dominant sports like soccer or basketball, there's a huge wage gap there and 
men will be like, okay, maybe it's because like, you know, people don't watch women's sports as poss- as much. I'm like, okay, maybe it's because mainstream media chooses to highlight only men. Yeah, um, and I'm like, okay. And they're like, no, not necessarily. It's because they're like, they get more sponsorships. I'm like, okay, like it gets back to, you know, one route. But at that point, I'm like, just admit you're ignorant and just move on. <laughs> over the conversation at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard. There are so yeah. many like ways where like, I guess, toxic masculinity and like that whole like having an argument with people because they can't, you know, talk about like how they have to acknowledge they can't acknowledge like the privilege they have so like there are so many instances where like I've seen toxic masculinity not only like in like school but like in families and friend groups literally everywhere and you like see those like little things that um your friends or like a guy says and you're like dang like they actually think that's okay you know Mm -hmm. and that's really like frustrating to deal with especially because the whole thing where like oh it'd be weird if they call somebody out for like saying saying something really rude to a woman but it's like they're saying something really rude to a woman like why wouldn't you be able to call them out but like I don't know I always like feel really weird if it's like in a social setting and they like say something like really mean and I'm like oh wait like don't say that blah 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 and like get on their case and I'm always mm-hmm. like I don't feel like doing that I, feel, I don't feel like going out of my way to like say Ooh. something which actually really sucks yeah and that's why we need male allies because like yeah we shouldn't always have to be the ones that are like mm-hmm. you know standing up exactly yeah because if you stand up you're like okay okay look another angry emotional girl and it's always like girl it's mm-hmm. not like woman it's like another emotional yeah. girl i'm like okay and what about it like you, exactly. you know you have emotions it's not our fault you have repressed emotions <laughs> exactly <laughs> right um, right yeah mm-hmm. But also, I think, like, what Kristen was saying is a really good point. Like, people mm-hmm. can draw um, references to, let's say, environmental racism, environmental, like, how colonialism is um, connected and, like, how the other isms are connected. But, like, when it comes to patriarchy, people have a hard time making that connection. And mm-hmm. I think we should, like, talk a little bit about, like, how women are actually more, you know, subjected to threats by climate change. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like, um, I think it was 80% of people that are displaced are women by climate change. So things mm-hmm. like that just dominant in the statistics. Right. And even like what you're talking about with sports, like, yeah, women generally have lower wages. And so like when a disaster comes along, they might not have enough money to like move. They might not have a car, you know what I mean? So they can't like get out of a bad situation. Yeah. They are more likely to be severely affected. Mm-hmm. It's just harder to fight for climate. Like, let's just talk about like climate organizing itself. It's harder to fight for it as a woman because, because mm-hmm. it's like we're not even done fighting for equal rights. So like now we're fighting for climate rights, and it's just hard because like people are like, why are you intersecting so many things? And it's just it's hard not to. And and I say to those people, I'm like, okay, if we're intersecting so many things, then why don't you fight for things that you're you already have rights? Like you already have like equal rights when it comes to like being a man so like fight for climate like it's hard for us to like pick one or the other because we're mm-hmm. affected by both right and like if you don't solve sexism and like but you do solve like let's say i mean i don't know i don't even know if this is possible i don't think it is but like let's say it was <laughs> possible to solve like solve climate change and not solve like sexism or racism or any of the system, other systems of oppression you'd have basically all of these privileged people mostly white people probably mostly men who are like, you know, who, who get to breathe air and stuff like that. But then like, 
if the other systems of oppression aren't solved, then like you're still gonna have the same issues. Yeah. I don't know if that was explained well, but like, yeah. It's just, it's like the fact that you're trying to explain it like makes no sense it's like why yeah we, we, get so, we get so many emails they're like okay can you guys drop this whole like intersectional thing I'm like okay um sure tomorrow we'll be talking about trees then I guess I don't know like <laughs> like if we don't talk about right, like I mean, you saw those emails right like okay yeah. what are we supposed to talk about then if we're not supposed to like you know talk about things that really like led to climate change or yeah. things that are like affecting climate change every single day mm-hmm. um yeah, like all people want to talk about is like or at least when we're saying things and we like like recently we had our you know racism webinar and like the next day we got like this really long email about like how we should focus on like getting things done and not be distracted by all those social things that like nobody like that we shouldn't care about you know we need to focus on like climate action and not like climate inaction and how like environmental racism is like so like way out of the way of like getting to you know the actual problem and I just don't understand when people say stuff like that it's like I got into zero hour because like we were we talked about how like social justice was environmental justice we talked about like how everything was intersected and how everything had an effect on everything and that was really important for me as like a young black girl in like a predominantly white like neighborhood to like talk Mm -hmm. about you know and like to acknowledge and that was really something that like drew me to the organization in the first place so Mm -hmm. when people are like oh like forget about that part like that's not important that's distracting you from the actual root of the issue like no like that is the root of the issue the root of the issue is like how like men have so much power in in the world the root of the issue is how like racism is like in every single system that we have ever like been a part of you know like and Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to like address that stuff um as much as possible so I mean it really hurts when people do that but at the same time it's like okay like if you're gonna think that like we're not gonna need you like we have this badass group of like women that are like Mm -hmm. gonna do the work you know so um yeah yeah exactly when I read that email it like reminded me the thing that I yeah the thing that they were talking about about like, we don't have to focus on these other social issues. Like it reminded me of what people used to say during the women's suffrage, suffragette movement. Oh, we don't need to focus on like racism. Like we just need to uplift white women. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they didn't solve the issue because they weren't all united and they didn't focus on multiple issues. So Mm -hmm. that just shows. Yeah. And like what I say to those people, I'm like, okay, check your privilege and move on because honestly, like, if you want to pick and choose what you fight for, then, obvi- like, you're not a progressive, you're not an activist, you're not an organizer, like, you're just someone that's privileged that has, like, free time and wants to, like, organize and, you know, just put some time into saying that you're organizing for change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be cool if we just, like, talked about, like, personal experiences with, like, um, how we've seen it within and not only our team in our schools and like more I guess in our families or something because like I know that you guys have like sort of stories on that stuff yeah I mean like like we said before it's hard to like you know remember them because you just like you know brush it off sometimes and that's what makes us really strong but yeah um for, like, for example, a lot of 
instances specifically have been within the workplace, so at zero hour. So a lot of organizers that I work with sometimes are men, sometimes are women. And like you said, Kristen, like the men usually come into it with like a direct mindset and usually like a hard-headed mindset. And they're like, okay, so I have some experience or I think I know what I'm doing. So therefore I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's not like I've been doing this for, you know, like a couple of years now. Um, so that's been really struggling and stressful. And then at times it's hard being like a director, like a woman in leadership, because sometimes you view things that are actually harassment as just things that you brush off. So like, for example, like a lot of organizers like are constantly like pressuring me on how to do work or like constantly pressuring me to like talk if it's like it has nothing to do with zero hour. And like things like that have been like really stressful on my part because like that's not part of my job description. and It's not what I've signed up for. But at the same time, I just do it because I feel like that's just something we've been um it's been just normalized. So that that's like personally what I've experienced a lot with men. And then like just in general, like being in college, we're obviously like we attend a lot of lectures and sections and things like that. And then I usually go into it, you know, I guess you could call them manners. You, you just sit there and like you wait for your turn to talk or like you wait for the other person. And then like I always see like other male students, you know, cutting off people um, during conversations or just coming in very bold and very like loud and it isn't viewed as anything but I'm pretty sure if I were to do that it would be viewed as like okay she's way too extreme like she's so radical like I'm like okay but yeah yeah the most annoying thing for me is like honestly in college my um, government teacher is like this black woman she like has dreads and everything I'm sure she smells like shea butter and cocoa butter it's like really awesome but (laughs) she like she is getting interrupted by like white boys in our class all the time like all the time and it's like so like annoying to like watch sit there and like watch these men like patronize her and like and she'd be like explaining something that she obviously like knows more about than them because she's the professor in the college and they're the college student and they're just like okay but like you're pushing your opinions on onto us or like oh like that's really rude to say like about like men but like that's obviously not what she's saying and all they do is like there's like a group of guys in the class in my class or when I actually went to that school and now we see you online yay but like when I was actually in school you know like they would be a group of those people and they'd always be like trying to talk down to her and like always like trying to like um, make her points like not make sense and it was just like so annoying yeah that's so, yeah. Yeah, it's really everywhere. I guess with, with me specifically with the zero hour music team or like just activism in general, I guess. I mean, it goes off of what you guys were saying. We have to be aggressive to some extent if we are going to change anybody's minds about this. Mm-hmm. But if we are aggressive and like if we if we do, you know, speak our minds and stuff like that, we are right. We are seen as like oh, like unappealing or whatever, like just be like, have more manners, you know, be polite or whatever. Whereas Mm -hmm. like you see, even just like men who are like politicians, it's, I was thinking about this the other day, like on the debate stage for president, like it's seen a lot where if you go over your time limit or if you talk over somebody, you're seen as strong, you know what I mean? You're seen as a good presidential candidate because you have that strong quality. So it's very interesting. 
And like one specific, I actually just thought about this. Um, so still forming these thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember um, I was once quoted in this article called, uh, if you can't sell your hysteria to adults, try kids. Um, and it was me and four other young women leaders in the climate movement. Um, and he was demeaning us as like young people, you know what I mean? Like talking about our age, but by using the word hysteria, um, I was thinking about it and like a lot of different climate deniers or climate realists as they call themselves are like use the word hysteria. They, you know, to try and convince people that, oh, they're not, they're not reasonable. They're not logical. They're just hysterical about this. They don't know what they're talking about. And that in itself is sexist because you know, they're talking to mostly young women who are starting to really step up and lead this movement. And actually the word, I did some research into it a little while ago and the word hysteria in the past, it was actually like a medical term to uh, commit women into psychi psychiatric hospitals and like ultimately silence them. And so, I don't know, it's very complicated and still forming thoughts, but like, yeah, it's, we see sexism everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like if we keep on having conversations like this, like the one that we're having right now, we will start to realize this. We'll start to be able to pinpoint like, oh, how is sexism playing a role in our lives and ultimately have like a greater understanding of how the climate crisis intersects with that. And I think that's like incredibly important for when we are, you know, fighting in this movement. talk too much about like toxic experiences let's talk a little bit about like female empowerment you know beautiful mm -hmm. phenomenal never been done before unique show-stopping woman you know like <laughs> us like us um, okay. <laughs> um, um so like let's let's talk about like you know I've had like other than you know those several experiences I have had a pretty good time at zero hour and I'm really really appreciative and thankful that I've had this experience. So like knowing, I mean, eventually going into the workplace um, after college, I will know about my worth and about organizations that can run with women leadership. So I won't be able to deny that. What kind of advice can we give to other mm. young women that have don't have an experience like ours and at times like feel uncomfortable in men dominated spaces? I don't even know what like advice I would give to myself going into like men dominated spaces but I do know <laughs> when I was going like when I was going into those places I was always looking for like I always wanted another person or another like woman to like help me out in situations you know like just be there for me like no matter what like if I had a question about something like they'd always be there if I had something to talk about and obviously it would be a lot better you know if they were a black woman so I, I think like my mm -hmm. advice would be like try and like when you're going into it there go with the mindset where like you know what you're doing and like you know exactly like how to approach like you wouldn't be there if you didn't know what you're doing and like mm -hmm. there are going to be women within that space that are like there for you as well that are there to like that have that same sort of like uplift mentality where they want to like help you and and they won't try and like hinder your progress or like keep you away from doing something that you're passionate about like there will be women that are there like sometimes there aren't and like it sucks when like there are you know women within a space that you know are like rude to each other or like mean to each other or, like whatever happens but at the end of the day like there are going to be people that are there for you 
And it's mm. important to acknowledge that they're there for you and that they want to help. But also, like, you've got this yourself. Mm. That was probably really confusing. But, yeah, that was basically it. That was <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was basically all I had. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Sahela. <laughs> <laughs> Woman empowerment. Woo. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds great. Yeah. And like, if you don't have those people in those spaces, like they're always there, you just might have to look like harder. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's great advice. Yeah. And I, and on top of that, I would just add to never settle, um, never settle for where you are right now, because you can always do better as a woman. And just know that, um, like where you, where you are right now, it probably took way more effort and, dedication and courage to be there like in comparison to a man that's in your same position because honestly even like look at the statistics and look at like the opportunities offered it's always hard for like the qualifications when comparing a man to a woman when like hiring people so definitely like never settle for your wage and never settle as the only woman in the workplace like it's never good to be the only woman in a workplace like always seek if you've reached an opportunity um, you know, seek seek a way of giving those same opportunities to other women because, like, for you to be there is very empowering. But at the same time, look to yourself and see how you can do more and help other women that have the same background. Yeah, and if there, are, you know, a lot of spaces like still don't have a lot of women within them, and like, but the only way that that that's going to change is if 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 women are brave, you know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. and you know, it, it is, it is like a sad reality. Like, yeah, we have to, a lot of times like make space for ourselves within different places. But like, if we do that, you know what I mean? We will hopefully inspire other young women to like do the same, you know, they, they see these women leaders and think, oh, I can do that too. And if that cycle just continues to happen, then we can really change things. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say like, for women, take up space. And for men, like, make space, please. Right. <laughs> Step back. Step yes. back. That would be really great if you guys could do that, especially in time <laughs> when you're, like, you know that you're, like, taking space. Like, I've literally seen, like, in someone's eyes, like, in a meeting, in a guy's eyes, where he, like, knows he's talking too much, but he's, like, I'm already too deep in this. Like, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> but, like, no. Just, like, step back. Be allies and be, like, active allies. So, like, when we're talking about dismantling the patriarchy, we're not just talking about female empowerment. We're talking about, like men being there to help dismantle it like it's definitely not a one woman's job like we've carried way too much things on our back up until this point so we're asking men you know like be allies and and if you're going to be an ally don't take up too much space step back and let women handle and lead this one please yeah we're just scratching the surface about you know the patriarchy and stuff like that but we will be definitely be talking more about ecofeminism and a lot more topics um so stay tuned yeah and don't forget to engage with us on all of our social medias including instagram twitter facebook all of them uh, and our website, this is zerohour.org. Our DMs are always open. And just let us know, even reach out to us individually. We'd love to talk. We'd love to extend this conversation. And remember to, to subscribe to Zero Hour Talks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Pods. Thank you. 
I'm Sohela. I'm Kristen. And I'm Arielle. And we are going to leave you with a quick snippet of our new song called We Rise. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Woo. Woo. <laughs> uh, who are we waving to? I don't know. <laughs> our house is burning down. Can you see through our eyes? They say we're doing fine, but we see through the lies. Wade through the water, walk through the fire. We're just trying to survive, but we want to thrive. We can't keep on sitting by. We ride for our future, we sing for our future, we strive for our future, we fight for our future, we march for our future, we vote for our future, we stand for our future, we hand for our future. Our future, we fight for our future, we march for our future, we vote for our future, we stand for our future.